Welcome to the Backyard Bourbon Broadcast. In this episode, Jeremy talks Netflix, the Boca Effect, the Army-Navy game, and Bondi Bourbon. It's a full show and the first episode of our second season. This is episode one, season two of the Backyard Bourbon Broadcast. Hey there, Backyardians. How y'all are? Hey, it's the first episode of our second season, and it's also getting very close to Christmas, so we're combining it all into one. We were sent a complimentary bottle from the folks at Bondi Bourbon out of Minnesota, so we'll be reviewing their bourbon. We'll talk about Netflix and their slow and steady descent into soap opera-ville, getting the bokeh effect into your pictures, and maybe get into the Army-Navy game that was going on as I was scripting this episode. Right, so first let's talk about Netflix and the cyclical circle jerk they're turning nearly every original series into. Have you noticed that? I love Netflix. It's enabled me as a parent to see movies well before I normally would, which is like 10 years after it came out. I don't know. If you're a parent, you know what I'm talking about. If it's not animated and uh, full of sugary, sugariness, then you're not going to see it. So they, they start off a series and you're really into it. And at some point in about the second or third season, the good guy becomes the bad guy, or the bad guy becomes a good guy, or some insignificant character who had no part in anything up to that point somehow rises to be in charge of everything, and it all ends with one of the main characters who you thought would be around forever meeting an extremely violent end, and then you know the actor just signed on for a movie deal somewhere else and they're done with the show. Or you know they're baiting you to return next season where you'll be subjected to the same cycle of drama all over again. They created an incredible platform for watching entertainment without commercials, but it didn't take too long for us to make it into a young and restless on crack. Black Sails, one of my favorites on Hulu, matched this pattern exactly. Frontier on Netflix with Jason Momoa, the uh, Aquaman guy, same thing. Basically, they've used violence to get guys addicted to soap operas. That's where we're at. It's driving me nuts because I know every new series we stumble across, I get about one to two seasons before it descends into the some morale morass. And so begins a long, slow descent into douchebaggery. Okay. Okay, let's talk about boring photography now. Does that sound good? Sure, 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 sure. Specifically, let's talk about the bokeh effect. The bokeh effect, if you don't know is the out-of-focus effect of lights and lighted objects in your in your photographs. It gets a greater the wider your aperture is. It's those beautiful warm circles come out in your pictures when you photograph someone in front of Christmas lights. And that makes Christmas the perfect time to practice mastering the bokeh effect. So that's what I've been doing. Um, now, if your aperture is very small, like in the 22 range or so, you're not going to see that effect probably at all. But if you blow your aperture wide open, like... 4 or 4.5 it's going to look really nice and remember the smaller the f-stop number the wider your aperture is considered opposite of what you think now if you really want to get an incredible bokeh effect use a lens with a larger aperture greater than even 4.0 i've got a 50 millimeter prime lens and if you don't know a prime lens is just a lens that is set to a specific focal length with no zoom ability my 50 millimeter prime is set to, you guessed it, 50 millimeters, and its aperture goes all the way to 1.8. 1.8. That should say testosterone right on there. 
It can make a set of Christmas lights look like the warmest bunch of magical circles you've ever seen. Now, if you take a look at my Wix site, backyardbourbonbroadcast.wix.com forward slash broadcast, I've got some pictures of this episode's bourbon, the Bondi bourbon, in front of our Christmas tree. But as with anything, it's not instant magic. In fact, setting the aperture that wide can be problematic, as I found out, when you're not paying uh, attention to the focus. Aperture set to 1.8 or thereabouts means that anything about the width of a nickel, closer or further away from your actual subject, what you want to keep in focus is going to be noticeably blurry. If you're photographing people and the focus is slightly off of their eyes, it'll be distracting for your audience. And I've run into this all the time. I, I just kind of assume the eyes, nose, facial features, they're all on the same plane. And so just picking one of those would make everything, all of those, in focus. And that's not the case when the aperture is that wide open. Um, it just especially if their eyes are not in focus, that is distracting as a, as a viewer when you see that. So that's one thing you've got to be very, uh, very cognizant of. Um, if you're snapping pics of a product, um, this Bondi bourbon, for example, you don't have the product label in focus, you get another distracting thing, it's going to lose its effect. And especially the um, producers of said product would probably get if you had charged them, they would be rightfully upset if, if their logo is out of focus and it's not intentional. And sure, you can claim that's how you intended it, but we all know that trick. So getting product labels focused with low light, um, with the low light you'll probably be taking pictures with, a, a high aperture, it's definitely something that takes a lot of practice, and I practiced a lot. And... Uh, <laughs> Even some of them I got back, I, I got done, I get back to uh, my computer, I'm, I'm running them through Photoshop, and you notice little things that now you, it's too late to, to redo those things because you didn't notice that uh, you didn't get the, uh, the label right. So what else do we have? Uh, college football, the Army-Navy game was on just recently, and that was an old school game. I haven't seen these teams play at all. Um, so I don't know if this is what they normally do typically, but evidently neither of their quarterbacks has any skill throwing the ball. It was all running all game long, which like, for this rivalry, I guess kind of makes sense. And it was old school. It wasn't like a big 12 style shootout um, where you score over a hundred points. It was more ground and pound. Basically it was a good boring game. It was interesting. It was just kind of boring just because I think the final score was like 17 to 10. Um, and I think um, all of those but one touchdown was scored in the second half, if I remember incorrectly. I'm probably not. But anyway, um, made me feel like I, I went back in time 50 years to watch a football game. Also like their tradition, they have a uh, tradition where they sing their school songs after the game with the winner going last. So the winner sits and listens to the loser sing their school song, and then the winner gets to sing it. And they, I really appreciated the respect that Army gave Navy, and I assume Navy does the same thing when they win, as they sang their school song while waiting to sing their own alma mater. So... Um, I'll just add this. There wasn't one player kneeling during the national anthem in that game. 
um, all of them knowing that they are going to be serving that national anthem after they get out of college. So interesting perspective there. Okay, let's get to the bourbon. Am I right or am I right or am I right? Bondi bourbon, the product of two Canadians who started making bourbon in Minnesota about 10 years ago. They're currently available, according to their press release, uh, in liquor stores in Minnesota, Nebraska, and uh, California by the end of the month. They say it will be available in Canada by the end of the year, which is coming up real close. Very classy bottle style. Very smooth aroma out of the glass. Okay, here's the deal, though. This podcast isn't going to work if every bourbon I review is just awesome. Everything is awesome! Honesty is the only thing that's going to work, and hopefully one of the reasons you all tune in here is for that. So in cases where I don't like the product, a conflict can arise from not wanting to disappoint the folks that sent me a bottle, but still wanting to be honest with my listeners. When I, when I first tried this bourbon, my first sip was neat, and it was very light and smooth. Nothing, anything astounding, but it, it was very, very smooth. Um, nothing that turned me off either. A couple of days later, I tried it on the rocks, and I'll be honest with you, I didn't like it. In fact, I, I didn't even finish that pour. I told my wife and a close friend about the experience I had and that I was really conflicted over it. And, um, you know, Bondi folks were gracious enough to send me a bottle you can't even get in this state, and here I am not liking it on the rocks to the point of being unable to even finish the second glass. I'm going to have to tell people about that. Both of them, my wife and my close friend, without hesitation, told me to tell the truth. So I'm telling you all the truth about how those first couple of tries went. The next couple of tries went. The next couple of tries went. Um, I'm, I'm halfway through the bottle, which is kind of ironic if, if you think I didn't like the bottle, but I'm halfway through it. Let me, let me try to explain it. Um, this is not the end of the story. I, I tried a third pour, and neat with just a little bit of water, and that was pretty good. Um, last night, I tried it neat, and I couldn't get enough of it. So, I can't figure out this bourbon. Is it the ice that I had it on? I don't think so. It's the same ice I have for all of my uh, samples. Um, so, I, I don't think it's the ice. Um I'm st I'm still stumped on it, honestly. I, I don't think the bourbon does well on ice. I, I think that's it. My One of my theories was that um, it needed to air out. Um, and it's been about almost two weeks since I had it on ice. Um, so airing it out might have helped. Um, neat is really good. Having this bourbon neat, I, I really like it. Um Maybe it just doesn't doesn't do well on ice because it spent so much time in Minnesota. It just doesn't like being cold. And hey, I get that. That's why uh, I moved from Wyoming to Oklahoma. Tired of being cold. Um, I haven't had a bourbon yet that I know of that needed to air out. So I I don't know. Um, this is not necessarily my favorite bourbon, but it's not objectionable. Um. Would I choose it over Weller, Bullet, Woodford, Wild Turkey 101, or that super tasty, super cheap, super overlooked Evan Williams 1783? No, I, I wouldn't. Not a knock towards those generous folks that sent me the bottle. I'm just being honest. Um, 
and I'm not someone who thinks that bourbon can only be made in Kentucky, but I am starting to notice differences of bourbons from different regions. My guess is the difference in the water makes the difference in taste, but that's just a guess. It may also be due to the new temperature fluctuations of the south. Really hot, really cold, really hot, really cold. Um, maybe it's just not getting enough hot. It's not getting enough hot. It's not getting hot enough up there in Minnesota for it to have a comparable taste. I'm obviously not the guy to figure that out. What's my final thought on this bourbon? Folks, I don't even know. This is the damnedest bourbon I've ever had. I really, really like it neat. I mean, it goes down super smooth, neat. My favorite way, though, to have bourbon, or say, I should say my usual way to have bourbon, is over a big ice cube. And I would not recommend having this bourbon on ice. The times I've had it that way, like I said, I did not like it. If I was giving it a grade for neat, I'd give it a strong B. Um, it was very good neat. On ice, it'd have to take the course all over again. That that would be an F from, from my experience. Maybe it's just this bottle. I don't know. Um, I'd love to hear your own thoughts on it if you're able to get it. Or let me know if you've ever encountered this before with other bourbons. Um, I'd love to hear from you. Okay, let's wrap this up. I hope you enjoyed today's show. I want to thank each and every one of you for popping in to listen to me ramble. Hopefully, we have entertained you and you've enjoyed your time with us. also like to thank the maker of today's bourbon, Bondi Bourbon, for sending a bottle to us, being so gracious to us here. Hey, stop by and say hi on social media. We're on Instagram at Backyard Bourbon Broadcast and on Twitter at Bourbon and Story. Or drop us a line at BackyardBourbonBroadcast at gmail.com. Once again, thank you for listening. We'll talk to you on the next episode of the Backyard Bourbon Broadcast.